Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday webinar. Today, we are joined by Reverend Father Joseph Kunakatu, the chaplain of Christ the King Suramalaba Mission in Villawood. He is the director of the Suramalaba Catholic Congress of Australia. And today, he will be taking a topic about St. Alfonso, whose feast we just celebrated yesterday, A Life of Love. This webinar will be recorded for future use. And if you have any questions, please send it through the Q&A box. So have your notebooks and pens ready. We're about to begin. Hi, dear friends. Hope you have seen a short life story of St. Alfonso. We celebrated her feast yesterday. So I think it is the right time to go through the life of St. Alfonso. Today, we see about the life of St. Alfonso as a life of love. In this webinar, we are going through three main power points. First one, the elements that influenced the life of St. Alfonso. Second one, the centrality of St. Alfonso's relationship to Jesus Christ that enabled her to love sufferings. And third one, St. Alfonso, a life of love. And we conclude with a short prayer of St. Alfonso. So let us start. When we come to look into the life of St. Alfonso, we can see that there are three elements that influence the spiritual life and vision of St. Alfonso. First one, the family background. St. Alfonso was called as Anna Kuti when she was baptized because she received the baptism name Anna. She was born as the fourth child of Joseph and Mary Mutatupadat, a God-fearing family. Even her birth was shrouded in suffering. In other words, from her birth, her life was marked by the cross which would be progressively revealed to her as the royal way to conform herself to the suffering Christ. When her mother was eight months pregnant, because of stifling heat, she was sleeping on the veranda of the house. She was awakened by a snake that had entered her waist. Instinctively, she tore the serpent away from her, but she had that shock which resulted in premature death of the baby on 19th August, 1910. So that is the birthday of St. Alfonso, 19th August. Unfortunately, her mother died three months later. The child was baptized on the 27th August at St. Mary's Church, Kodamadu. After her mother's death, little Annakuti was first sent to live with her grandparents. Her grandmother often took her to the Holy Mass and taught her the basics of Catholic faith. She learned many of the basic prayers and began to lead the family prayer by the time she was five. I think 
the lifestyle and influence of grandparents is a great example that we have we can follow even some of you had that fortune to be with your grandparents when you were kids if you had that experience you can easily understand how saint alfonsa was trained in her early childhood the little anakuti started her education in government lower primary school at arpukara where she studied up to year 3 during this time the affectionate grandmother instilled in her devotion to mother mary and to the saints she was told life stories of saints especially about saint teresa of avila and saint little flower of lisieux she learned penitential practices from her father joseph mutathabad the second phase of her family training started when she was transferred to muttujura to the house of her maternal aunt annamma murikin who was a very strict disciplinarian who was very demanding and expected her to obey all matters great and small when she was she was also a very religious person and through her example little annakuti became even more dedicated in to her faith annakuti received the first holy communion on 27th november 1917 about her holy communion she used to say to her friends coach do you know why i am so particularly happy today it is because i have jesus in my heart uncoach in a letter to her spiritual father she affirms that coach already from the age of 7 i was no longer mine i was totally dedicated to my divine spouse uncoach impressed by the life story of saint teresa of lisieux who also lost her mother at a young age annakuti resolved to model herself after her and she sought to become a saint through prayer and penance in the meantime annakuti grew beautiful nodana malayalathil parnal nalla sundariyaya kutiyayittu അന്നക്കുട്ടി അൽഫോൺസാമയുടെ ബാല്യകാലത്ത് അല്ലെങ്കിൽ അവളുടെ യൂത്തത്തിലേക്ക് കടന്നപ്പോൾ അവൾ മാറി മെനി യങ് മെൻ വാൻഡ് ടു മാരി ഹെർ ഇറ്റ് വാസ് അവർ ട്രഡീഷൻ ഇൻ ദോസ് ഡേയ്സ് ദാറ്റ് ഗേൾസ് വുഡ് ബി മാരീഡ് അറൗണ്ട് ഏജ് ഓഫ് ട്വൽവ് ഓർ തേർട്ടീൻ അന്നക്കുട്ടീസ് ഓൺഡ് വർക്ക് റെലന്റ്ലെസ്ലി ടു ഫൈൻഡ് ഹെർ എ സ്യൂട്ടബിൾ ഹസ്ബൻഡ് ബട്ട് ഷീ ഷോട്ട് നോ ഇൻട്രസ്റ്റ് ഷീ ഫെൽഡ് ദാറ്റ് her call was to become a religious sister or nun but her aunt went went forward with her marriage proposal thinking that if they let annakuti to become a religious sister society would think that they are doing it for financial gain in terms of saving wedding expenses annakuti thought her physical beauty and attractiveness was the cause of her adopted parents push 
for her to get married. In order to get out from under a commitment to marriage, she reached the point of voluntarily causing herself a grave burn by putting her foot into a heap of burning embers. She later wrote about that incident. Quote, My marriage was arranged when I was 13 years old. What had I to do? Avoid it. I prayed all that night. Then an idea came to me. If my body were a little disfigured, no one would want me. Oh, how I suffered. I offered all for my great intention. Unquote. That incident caused severe burns on her both legs. It took almost one year to get it healed. So God Almighty bestowed abundance of blessings on this, on this his chosen beloved who offered herself as a holocaust of love for him. As a reward for this great sacrifice and suffering, a lot of miraculous healings continue to take place through her intercession, especially the cure of the deformity of the legs. The miracles approved by the Holy See for her beatification and canonization were also regarding the cure of deformity of the legs. And for your information, the boy whose deformity of the legs cure called Jidin is now a seminarian. Later she wrote, quote, or the vocation which I received, a gift of my good God. God saw the pain of my soul in those days. God distanced the difficulties and established me in this religious stage." Unquote. The family background, both with the grandparents and with her aunt, Anna Murikin, helped to form the spiritual life and vision in St. Alfonso to become a saint. It was Father James Murikin, her confessor, who directed her towards Franciscan spirituality and put her in contact with the congregation of the Franciscan clerics. Anna Kuti entered their convent in Bharananyanam on 24 May 1927. From there started the second most influential period of suffering in the life of St. Alfonso. So this period, the life in the convent is the second element that influenced the spiritual life and vision of St. Alfonso. On August 2nd, 1928, she began her postulancy as a candidate seeking admission into a religious order. And she took the name of the saint of the day, St. Alphonse Ligori. Since then, she has become known as Sister Alphonsa of the Immaculate Conception. She was close, she was close in the religious habit on 19 May 1930. During the first pastoral visit made to Haranangyanam, by the Bishop James Kalashiri. On that day, Sister Alfonsa made a firm declaration, quote, 
I joined the convent to become a saint. And having survived many obstacles, what I have to live for if I don't become a saint? Unquote. Sister Alfonsa offered herself to Jesus as a victim of love. Her life was not one of roses, but that of sufferings, both physical and mental. A few months after her vestition, she had a hemorrhage, and when her health improved a little, she spent one year at Vagakad as a teacher. The period between 1930 and 35 was characterized by grave illness and sufferings in the life of Sister Alfonsa. And she had a vision of Reverend Father Kuriakos Elias Stavara, who is now also a saint. Though Sister Alfonsa got cured of the serious sickness, she was always tormented by minor ailments. She might probably have prayed for that because of her desire to identify herself with her suffering Christ. In her words, the divine groom. When she was asked about suffering by Bishop James Kalashiri, she replied that she was loving. Though St. Alfonso had been a victim of suffering throughout her life, she never voiced any complaint. She was always found with a serene smile, even though the thorns of agony were hidden inside. She never regretted her sufferings. She even prayed for more sufferings. She was ready to suffer anything for the life of Jesus Christ. She prayed to God to transfer to her the malaria disease of Sister Tracia and a disease of the bishop so that it may not affect their busy and important schedule. God was pleased to grant the prayer of his beloved. Very soon, the bishop and Sister Tracia were found to be completely cured, and Sister Alfonsa had contracted malaria disease. The final phase of her agonies had persisted for over a year. She felt that it was time for her to join her beloved spouse. On 28 July 1946, her soul flew to her divine groom. The next day, 29 July, witnessed a funeral which was very simple. St. Alfonso had a lifespan of only 36 years. At the funeral service, Reverend Father Romulo CMI made a prophetic message. He said, quote, with the most profound conviction in my heart, I affirm that we are attending the last rites of a saintly person. If the world had realized her intrinsic worth, unprecedented crowds from all over India would have assembled here. I assure you that as far as human judgment can be relied upon, this young nun was not much less saintly than the little flower of Lisieux. 
if it is god's holy will this place will become the lyceum of india unquote that prophetic sermon was fully actualized on 12th october 2008 when pope benedict the 16th declared saint alfonso as saint in saint peter's square rome pope benedict in his homily said coach saint alfonso came to love suffering because she loved the suffering christ she learned to love the cross through her love of the crucified lord and coach sister alfonso's room was very near to the convent school and the students had developed a very close contact with her they were inspired and motivated by the holiness of sister alfonso from the very next day after the funeral the school children went to her tomb to put flowers and lighting candles they found their favors received soon the fragrance of her virtues and saintly life spread far and wide and many miracles happened through her intercession god was pleased to honor and excel this humble soul as jesus said in the gospel of saint luke chapter 14 verse 11 god everyone who humbles himself will be made great and god taking into account the numerous miraculous cures happened through the intercession of sister alfonsa bishop sebastian wiley the bishop of palai initiated the preliminary steps for the process after a long process of investigation sister alfonsa was beatified by pope john paul ii who is to now a saint during his apostolic visit to india along with father kuriakos elias chavara at kottayam on 8 february 1986 the third element that influenced saint alfonso's spiritual life and vision especially her contact or her relationship that she has got to many saints especially the franciscan clarist spirituality the life and spirituality of st francis of assisi and st clara definitely influenced sister alfonsa to aspire for becoming a saint another important saint who influenced sister alfonsa was st teresa of lisieux the little flower and the strict religious life of st alfons ligori was also influenced sister alfonsa and the spiritual life of father kuriakos elias chavara helped sister alfonsa even in her sufferings all these three elements that influence sister alfonsa's spiritual life and vision helped her to become a saint with that we conclude the first point the second point is the centrality of saint alfonso's relationship to jesus christ 
Alfonso is popularly known as the little flower of India. Alfonso is usually noted for her acceptance and love of suffering and pain. She would even ask for it. What does this apparently nonsensical yet theologically rich dimension of the spiritual life of Sister Alfonso reveal to us? The answer to this riddle is found in the centrality of Jesus Christ in her life and spirituality. Her, accept, her acceptance and love for suffering and her growth in the path of sanctity through such suffering and pain opens up the depth of her relationship with and in Jesus Christ and what became for her an experience of the redemptive value of suffering when joined to Jesus suffering. This is what in fact makes her worthy of the honor of the altar universally. To shed light on this, it is fitting to cite the words of C.C. Martindale, quote, we must, however, insist that the history of Sister Alfonso will remain unintelligible unless we take into account the old Catholic doctrine of the person and work of our Lord Jesus Christ, that this girl appreciated to the full the supreme importance of prayer should surprise no Christian, but there may be those who are disconcerted by her intense wish to suffer. We must insist that there was nothing morbid in this and that no Catholic attaches any value to suffering as such, but only, as we said, within the full doctrine of our Lord's redemptive work." Unquote. Thus, for the Catholic doctrine, suffering gains a new sense and value only in the light of the passion of Christ, and its spiritual acceptance would mean a positive inclusion of God and others with a constant self-emptying of the victim concerned. Suffering thus understood, accepted, and offered is a rare spiritual height for the Christian soul than a passive fatalistic resignation to one's problems or pain. As the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches, quote, the sufferings to be endured can mean that in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the Church. Suffering becomes a participation in the saving work of Jesus." Unquote. A letter written by Sister Alfonso, certainly with an explicit theological awareness, but showing a rare personal Christological dimension, reveals the redemptive dimension of the suffering of Christ, as well as her own adherence to it, giving an immense value of discipleship. She writes, quote, since only grief and suffering have fallen to the lot of my spouse, I too lovingly embrace them, and my soul is at peace, though my body continues to be tormented. 
for the last seven years, I have ceased to be my own, being given over entirely to my divine spouse. You know all that, and now let the Lord do as he will with me. It is not a cure I am anxious for, but only that his holy will be fulfilled in me." Unquote. Thus, behind the suffering, Sister Alfonso cheerfully accepted the truth of a living and loving encounter with Jesus Christ. She denies herself. She dies to herself. She forgoes everything imaginable of a personal sense of ownership or belonging. In all this self-emptying, she gains everything in Jesus Christ. Christ takes hold of her in the true Pauline sense. She becomes a person living in Christ so that all her sufferings and pain are not thought to be experienced apart from Christ, but in Christ and with Christ. More than the lonely void of the sense of loss and utter helplessness, which so often found results from in sickness and misunderstanding, Sister Alfonso appears as a person filled with Jesus Christ, intimately and immensely. Bishop Bhotanamuri observes, uh, Bishop Bhotanamuri's observations also shed light on this foundational Christocentric experience of Sister Alfonso. According to him, coach, the keynote of her life was death to self and life to Christ and in Christ. Without renunciation and detachment from earthly things, there is no spiritual life. Christ was the center of Sister Alfonso's life and character. She dethroned herself to enthrone Christ and made him with unerring vision the focus of her life." Unquote. In fact, the words of the Saint John Paul II during the beatification ceremony at Cotayam revealed to us the depth of the Christological pressures hidden in the suffering of Alfonso. Quote, From early in her life, Sister Alfonso experienced great suffering. With the passing of the years, the Heavenly Father gave her an ever fuller share in the passion of his beloved son. We recall how she experienced not only physical pain of great intensity, but also the spiritual suffering of being misunderstood and misjudged by others. She came to love suffering because she loved the suffering Christ. She learned to love the cross through her love of the crucified Lord." Unquote. The central message that comes from the life of Alfonso is thus only a living experience of Christ can lead us to a loving appreciation of his suffering for us and a meaningful acceptance and offering of our sufferings to the Lord in love. Because the suffering accepted with the crucified Lord is saving and redeeming. 
Sister Alfonsa, with this authentic Christian sense of the suffering from her experience of the crucified Lord, finds in the painful moments of her life the sweetness of the love of the Lord, the sweetness of the love of his heart, as though like a love-laden girl in the presence of her beloved. Mystically yet poetically, like a perfect cascade of love, she pours out her heart of her relationship and experience of the Lord. Hence, she says, God, I am absolutely incapable of describing it in words. I fall into some kind of trance on the nights following the conversion. I cannot describe the visions I see during the trance. It appears to me that our divine Lord comes to me, caresses me and pours out upon me all the affectionate sweetness of his sacred heart. The world room seems to be flooded with the splendor of God. I do not know any more details. The happiness of the moment is unbounded and limitless." Unquote. The personal prayer life of Sister Alfonsa was an outflow of her intimacy with the Lord and was fulfilled in her conscious choice of making the Lord the center and priority of her life. She considered everything else as secondary in her practice of daring self-denial and self-negation. She left the egocentric clinging up to oneself and worldly things for the sake of loving Jesus Christ wholeheartedly. And we are moving to the third point, St. Alfonso, a life of love. In the very words of St. Alfonso, we can see her life was full of love. She said, God, I have love towards everyone. It is impossible for me to hate anyone." Unquote. Again, quote, I have offered myself as a holocaust of love and suffering to my divine spouse. Unquote. If Alfonso, who was burning like a candle of love on the altar, of suffering is now shining like a brilliant star on the horizon of sanctity. When we go in search of her glory, we arrive at the love she maintained in her whole life, a burning love of God and a creative love of one's neighbor. These were the two sides of that love. The duty that Christian vocation demands from us is that of love. Love one another as I have loved you. John chapter 13, verse 34. This is the mark and proof of Christian discipleship. Coach, if you love one another, by that love, all will know that you are my disciples. Unquote. John chapter 13, verse 35. St. Paul in the letter to the Romans, chapter 13, verse 8 to 10 explains this quote, he who loves his neighbor 
has fulfilled the law. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is fulfilling the law. Unquote. Those who have discovered God, who is love itself, and live in that sweet love, will certainly love men who have been created in God's image. St. John reminds us in his first letter that if anyone says, I love God, and then hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Chapter 4, verse 20. When we examine the lives of saints who reach heights of holiness, we can see that there were legends of love. Each one of them made his or her life rich by making himself or herself available to others. St. Francis of Assisi was known as the embodiment of love because he loved God and all creation from the depth of his heart and considered all beings as his brothers and sisters. St. Teresa of the child Jesus, the little flower of Lisieux, said, quote, my occasion is love, unquote. The life of virtuous Alfonso also proved the same. St. Alfonso's heart was one overflowing with love. She loved God and men unconditionally. She used to say, quote, my whole heart seems to be full of love, unquote. St. John of the Cross says, quote, the one who has a loving heart has got a treasure. In order to become a saint, it is enough that one knows how to control the cravings of one's heart, unquote. These words have become real in St. Alfonso. She took care to deposit all her love in God, the source of all love, and from there, to transfer it to others. When she approached God, she took the freedom of filial love as before a father and prayed to God the Father. She was willing to sacrifice anything and to suffer anything for the sake of the Lord of her heart. Her love for her companions of the community was deep and warm and showed through loving smiles, friendly conversations, opportune help, small gifts, consoling prayer, and words of encouragement. Now we are seeing the different aspects of the love, the life of love of St. Alfonso. First one, love in the community life. St. Alfonso was aware of the fact that religious life is a communion of love and sharing, and that each member has to bear with the others. She had to adjust herself very much to get on with people of different temperaments. But still, she did not exclude anyone from her circle of love. 
we tend to avoid those whom we don't like or we try to stay away from them but sister alfonsa on the contrary tried to bear with them and make them happy with the sweet words and offer kinds of help she was enthusiastic about helping them in their difficulties and to console and pray for them when she was asked how she could get on happy with those who caused her ill feeling she replied coach in the beginning it was very difficult to behave lovingly towards those who caused me pain and made false accusations against me since i prayed for many days and i tried hard with the sacrifices i do not feel it difficult to face them now i feel uneasy if i could not behave lovingly towards them in fact all our fellow beings have a right to our love we should not deny it to them if we love generously even those who hate us and those who stay away from us they will find joy in coming to our circle of love unconscious the second one the forgiving love sister alfonsa was always ready to overlook the faults of her companions and to forgive and forget all the offenses caused by them she suffered silently out of love all the pains both physical and mental that she faced from religious sisters and from those who served her she succeeded in bearing all these without the knowledge of others and she forgave and loved all of them thirdly self giving love real love is to want to give more than to receive sister alfonsa spent her time energy and talents for others she had special consideration for the health and well being of others even on sleepless nights she would approach and console others who were sick she was even happy to give away her articles of daily use and welcome the inconvenience thus caused she wished that others should feel comfortable even if she was put to some inconvenience fourth one eyes that see good everywhere sister alfonsa saw the good in others she copied in her life the admonition of saint james that our speech should be flawless and that we should avoid all vain talking and self praise saint james also warned us against condemning our brothers she had resolved not to condemn others and she would not even hear the faults of others if she heard somebody accusing someone she would defend the accused she would approach the misunderstood the falsely accused and the weak and strengthen them the natural tendency is to hide our own faults and to exaggerate the faults of others sister alfonsa had a special ability to see and acknowledge even the little goodness in others and she would congratulate them on their fine qualities 
it was immeasurable joy for her to do so thus she made others happy those selfish people who cannot see the good in others can never experience real joy the fifth one a heart that hated none sister alfonsa's overflowing love embraced all the sisters of her community she knew each sister personally in a garden we see flowers of different shapes and colors each flower has its own beauty it is only when we compare we find some small some big some more colorful and some without fragrance if we take each flower individually each is beautiful she believed firmly that all the sisters of her community were lovable brides of christ who were called to religious life even if she had bitter experiences from them she did not take them seriously with her ever smiling face she welcomed all and inquired about their health she promised them her prayers she gave love consolation and joy to all those who approached her she could hate none all were forced to love her because of this style of her behavior she was the refuge of all those who had any kind of mental distress all would run to her because she kept none away from her sixth one love that bears the burdens of others we have to bear the burdens of others and share everything with others in order to make our social life happy we can simplify the burdens of others in one way or other and increase their comfort and happiness as she was feeble in value she was very sympathetic towards those sisters who had heavy responsibilities and who were burdened when they became exhausted after their work sister alfonsa would render all possible help she always had sweet words for them and inquired about their work and congratulated them on their success she loved not only in words but also in deed and truth she did not do great things from a worldly point of view she loved god and others sincerely the secret of her holy life was that she carried out her ordinary duties in an extraordinary manner with love as saint teresa of lisieux did coming to the conclusion the story and history of saint alfonsa will remind christians of the central mystery of the christian faith the redemptive suffering and death of jesus her veneration as a saint will be always affect a remembrance of the crucified lord this is the theological richness of this saint for the universal church and for the church in india saint alfonso will remain both a reminder and a challenge to the 21st century with its tremendous possibilities of human advancement yet consistent welcome for jesus christ and for the christian 
So also for the consecrated religious who follow diverse charisms and praise the crisis of vocations and vocational growth in faithfulness, an assimilation of the life and message of St. Alphonsa will reveal the essence of the truth revealed in the way in which she followed Jesus Christ, that being configured to and transformed by him is possible only through a relational experience of him in one's heart and in the sacraments. The goal of sanctity, both in the baptismal commitment as well as in the profession of religious vows, becomes then an ongoing response to the love and holiness experienced in and from Jesus Christ. The ultimate sign of that saving infinite love is nothing but cross. In the cross, the meaninglessness of suffering can give way to a profound experience of the love of God and neighbor in our daily lives. St. Alphonsa stands as a challenge to our modern world who deplores their grief and miseries. She was meant by our good God to teach us in this pleasure intoxicated age this truth. Coach, unless a grain of wheat fall to the ground and decay, it cannot bear any fruit and that he who does not carry his cross and follow our crucified master is not worthy of him." Unquote. God has sent St. Alphonsa to show us that suffering is not only useful but necessary. She considered suffering as a gift from God. She teaches us by her example that we must suffer not only for our own sins, but for the sins of others too, as we are all members of the same body of Christ. As Christ suffered for us, we too must suffer for one another and thus make up for what is wanting in the sufferings of Christ, since our, since our Lord Jesus can suffer no more. We have to suffer. Let us conclude with a short prayer of St. Alphonsa. O Lord Jesus, hide me in the womb of your sacred heart. Free me from my desire to be loved and esteemed. Guard me from my evil attempts to win fame and honor. Make me humble till I become a small spark in the flame of love in your sacred heart. Grant me the grace to forget myself and all worldly things. Jesus, sweet beyond words, convert all worldly consolations into bitterness for me. O oh my Jesus, son of justice, enlighten my intellect and mind with your sacred rays. Purify my heart, consume me with burning love for you, and make me one with you. Amen. Thank you all, dear friends, for the patient listening of this webinar. Thank you very much, Sojin, for welcoming me to do this webinar. And I am uh, sincerely expressing my gratitude to Sojin for uh, inviting me to do this webinar. Thank you all.
we will wrap it up. So thank you again, uh, Father Joseph, for your wonderful uh, session. And uh, if you could end off uh, with a blessing. May Almighty God bless you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Father Joseph. Thank you for everyone that joined. We hope to see you at the next webinar. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.